All right, everyone, we're jumping right into it this week. Episode 23, we are back, and we have a very special guest for our first segment of the day. You know, everyone knows how we do the NFL recap, but we have someone a little special along with us. We have Mr. Chris McNeil from the Big Play Revlog Show. So uh, are we going to... Are we going to plug him on that one, Matt? I'm going to yeah. plug him. <laughs> I'd appreciate a plug. That would be great if you yeah. guys wouldn't mind. Matt yeah, is the ahead. king of plugs, Chris. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, let me sit back and just listen to this majesty. No, now the pressure's on me, but everyone could go check out Chris McNeil on Twitter at R-E-F-L-O-G underscore 18. I don't know if he would have liked me to pronounce it better. I'll let him do that. <laughs> well, you, you guys do know what reflog is, right? Well, that's I, why you're here. <laughs> it's just golfer backwards. Did I just blow your minds? Reflog is just golfer backwards. That's all that is. So are you are you are you a golfer as well? Or? I, I am a golfer. Yes. Yes. I'm trying to figure yes. out what the connection. Yeah, I, I so, never even I never even knew that. Yeah, reflog is just golfer backwards. I was a golfer, and actually, my AV, you know, the cigar guy there, that's lifted from um, the Ryder Cup back ten years ago. It's a famous photo. You have to look it up. Cigar guy, Tiger Woods shot. It's Tiger Woods hitting the ball directly at the camera. And you look in the background and, and my guy, my AV, it, it looks like he's Photoshopped into that, into that shot. It's just unbelievable. But yeah, it's, it's actually very golf centric, even though I don't talk much golf. Well, well, welcome on Chris. That was really just guys. blew my mind. Absolutely <laughs> blew my mind right there. Nice little introduction. There so now, you know, there's, there's a peak behind the tent, you know? <laughs> you guys may have seen him on Twitter and he also does the um, big play uh, reflog. Yes. Reflog. <laughs> just golf for backwards. Remember, we golf just went through this. We just come on, Matt. <laughs> so we're just going to break down the um, NFL games like we usually do. But this time we have a special guest. Um, I just wanted to get into Chris really quickly before we uh, started. How long have you been doing? I mean, before we, we spoke off camera, you are it's clear that you're extremely knowledgeable about football, but how long have you been doing this whole podcasting thing? Okay. First of all, I don't know about extremely knowledgeable. I think you're, you're talking me up a little bit too highly. I, I I'm, I'm an expert when it comes to Cleveland fandom. So I'll take you, I can go around the league with you, but my expertness comes in really the Browns and then being a, being a very harassed fan over the years by the franchise more or less. Uh, but you know, I've been a Browns fan my entire life. I was telling you guys off air, I know you guys are Jets fans. Mm -hmm. uh, the Jets kind of in a roundabout way turned me into the Browns fan I am today because, that you know, it, it's kind of handed down in my family, the Browns fandom from, you know, from years and years. My, my uh, grandparents are from Northeast Ohio and kind of lived in that area, and I did for a while, and so it's kind of handed down. But um, so we had season tickets to the Browns, and when I was seven years old, went up to the old municipal stadium and watched a playoff game. The Browns were taken on the Jets, 1986-1987. And uh, a guy by the name of Mark Gastineau, who's a defensive end for your New York Jets, hit Bernie Kosar late with 10 minutes left – or excuse me, with four minutes left, down 10. And uh, the Browns ended up coming back. And I, I was up there before they came back, and I was screaming at everybody, just streaming out of the upper decks of the old municipal, saying, the Browns are going to come back, the Browns are going to come back. Sure enough, we did, thanks to Mr. Mark Gastineau hitting Bernie Kosar late. Good old Mark. Uh, yeah, and, and I was telling you guys, that, that was like the highlight. You know, I was like, football is so great, man. I mean, it's just all the excitement and the winning and all the camaraderie. And then the ensuing years, we'd go through the drive and the fumble. And then it really came home to roost to what it means to be a Cleveland fan. So that, in a nutshell, tells you 
what made me a, a Cleveland fan and why I sit here before you just giddy over my team being four and one right now. So this is definitely a high and, and knowing, and if you know anything about Cleveland sports, you know, we had a championship with LeBron James a few years ago. That's the only one in my lifetime before that you have to go back to 1964 with the Cleveland Browns before that you have to go back to 1948 with the Cleveland Indians. So the Browns, as I sit here being four and one, this is about as good as it gets to gentlemen. I wholeheartedly congratulate you on that four and one start where you're on the opposite end of the spectrum, but you know how that feels as well. You know, so you, you, you're riding high right now for sure. And I'm, I'm happy for you. We are not happy, but I'm glad that the first success you've seen from a Cleveland Browns game came against our New York Jets. Yeah. Also, it seems like everyone else succeeds, but us, but <laughs> we succeed on your backs. I mean, I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, it is what it is. And we will save uh, that Browns game uh, probably for last. So we'll save the best for last. You could break that down for us. But if Peter, if you're ready. Cannot wait. So everyone (laughs) stick around for the Browns breakdown, baby. (laughs) I'm ready. Let's go, Matt. So we'll start off here with the Bucks bears Uh, It was Thursday night football. Um, Ugly. Yeah, ugly. Peter and I both had taken the Bucks money line. So it wasn't very pretty for us, but. Um, any reactions from you there? Were you surprised by Chicago winning? Oh, was this one for me? Was yes, it, sir. Was a, that a lob up to me? I, di- I didn't watch that game, actually. So uh, I don't think I have many insights on this particular Thursday night game. I apologize, guys. No problem. Although, although I will say, I the other side of my family is all Chicago Bears fans. Okay. And, and so they were very excited by the fact that the Bears did win that ball game. And I I'm, I'm interested to see what ends up happening as everybody else is with Tom Brady down there in Tampa Bay, right? I am of the contention that it's not so much him being away from Bill as much as it is that he's old, you know, like so many old people, they go down to Florida, right? When they're at the end of their careers, they're just kind of running out the clock. And I think that's what Tom Brady's doing right now with his NFL career. Yeah. And I don't expect that much. I, there are a lot of people be riding high on Tampa Bay because of Tom Brady. I am not one of those people and I will never ride high on the Chicago Bears because they're still the Chicago Bears but you know it's nice to see the Bears pull out a V uh, there on Thursday to kick off the weekend that's very true I I think so far this season we've seen the good the bad and the ugly of Tom Brady Um, you know obviously against LA you know we saw the good five touchdowns and then you know we saw the bad against the Saints this was the ugly I definitely think that against Chicago's defense it was definitely ugly I mean you know Brady without a good slot receiver was ugly to watch Scotty Miller was basically a non-factor and it really shows how much he loves that white receiver over the middle <laughs> possession receiver come on don't make it ra- racial it's got to be a possession receiver completely different yeah but shout out Brady and Scotty Miller um Buck should bounce back in my opinion but um very weird game on Thursday and then we'll we'll start off hot on the Sunday games we had Carolina and Atlanta um again Atlanta losing Dan Quinn should be gone by tomorrow morning. And I just want to say shout out to Carolina Panthers, Peter, because Matt rule and Joe Brady, who, again, it seems like we talk about the jets in every breakdown we do could have had this beautiful head coaching staff tandem on offense and head coach. And they're doing great over there. So shout out Carolina, but Atlanta needs to uh, let go of Dan Quinn. Chris, I just wanted to say, what was it? How many months ago? Like, like, when we started this, right? In January, I would yeah, say. It was January. Or even before. Before Matt Rule was hired, even last year, before Adam Gase was hired, I said, let's look at Matt Rule from Baylor. 
and they brought him in for an interview and they said that he can't have his own staff and Matt rule got up and walked out and the jets, the Johnsons never saw Matt rule again. And it's haunting us as jet fans right now thinking, I mean, obviously history. He's got, yeah, but he's got, he's got more talent on Carolina. Um, but I don't know. He just looks, he just looks the part to me. You know how like um, Joe judge who is 0 and five with the giants, he looks the part as well as a good head coach. Adam Gase is 0 and five and is the worst head coach in the league. So, you know, look at what well, he's doing in Carolina. A step aside, gentlemen, I've got Kevin Stefanski, the dreamboat in Cleveland. So I know about looking the part means looking fine. And we've got a dreamboat right now. So I, I look at all these other head coaches and I evaluate them based upon looks. And, I, and I'll tell you, we just we're head and shoulders above everybody else. Really? Step More than Cliff? Cliff Kingsbury? Really? Even, even above Cliff. Although his fantastic pad we saw at the draft, yeah. man, nobody's got anything better than that. That was, <laughs> you know, we talk about flex, you know, all the kids like to say flexing. That was the ultimate flex of 2020 right there was him and his place, man. Cause it looked like he was dealing Coke or something. I mean, that's the only type of place. If he ever puts that on the market, that's the only person who could buy it as some sort of a Coke dealer. Absolutely. I mean, that was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> It's kind of funny, Peter, that we uh, start talking about this too, because all the young, good-looking head coaches always are these offensive geniuses for no reason, like Cliff yeah, McVeigh. I feel that. Um, obviously, Stavansky. Now you could say I hate saying it, but <laughs> like um, defensive coaches are all ugly. Yeah, right? it's so true. <laughs> On the other side, Todd you got Bowles. Belichick over there. You got what's his face up there, Matt Patricia. You know, <laughs> who kind of looks like hardly a defensive coach. Well, yeah, I guess so. But, you know, supposedly defensive, whatever. But I, I don't know. You know, I, I think there is something to be said for the offensive versus defensive side of the ball. And the offensive know. sexiness of the ball, yeah. More drip. For sure. <laughs> but getting back to the actual the, the game of it, I don't know, man. I, is this – yeah, I've been, a, I've been a defender of Matty Ice for this whole season so far, saying it's really not on him. But, I don't know, every game he just looks worse and worse. I know Julio wasn't playing today, but – I don't know, man. He looked bad today. The whole the defense actually played pretty well with Dan Quinn's side of the ball, another ugly head coach. Uh, Dan Quinn on that side of the ball. Um, they looked okay today, but it's just too little too late from Dan Quinn's standpoint. I mean, he's got to go. Yeah, what is, is it with Matty Ice's fans? I mean, you've got a lot of apologists, just solid apologists for him that just think that he's he's a lot better than I think what he actually yeah. is. When you look at him on paper and then versus people are always making and, and not, not to rip on you, but they are making that same type of analysis like, you know, this guy is is better than what we see. And at, at some point you got to say. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe he is the guy. He is who we thought he was. Yeah. In, in the words of Denny Green, I, I don't know. No, I, I definitely think that that's definitely Solid coming argument. to fruition now. Yeah, I mean. I think everyone looks back at that one season when he brought them to the Super Bowl and won MVP. Yeah, and yeah like, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's really all he has to show for. But That validated their arguments, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, Atlanta hasn't been 0-5 um, since 1997, so they are one of three teams now, which we'll get to the other two later. Believe me, we will. Um, <laughs> that start off the season 0-5 this year. Just brutal. So, but shout out Carolina because that they are doing. They have a very brave future, and and I love the culture they're uh, building over there. So, yeah, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, pretty much a domination all around. Baltimore and the Bengals, uh, twenty-seven to three. Lamar is eight and one career against AFC North opponents, and I just want to say, I mean, I'm not surprised by the outcome here, but Joe Burrow mm-hmm. is actually a very talented quarterback. He's just getting his shit kicked in every single week, <laughs> and it's just kind of sad to watch. 
Yeah, Joe looked like a rookie in this game for sure. That that defense definitely exposed his rookie tendencies. Um, but yeah, he's got to hold on to the football a lot more too. You saw a fellow rookie, Patrick Queen, who I picked early on in the year for defensive rookie of the year. I said it. Queen. I said it. Um, Patrick Queen. But um, yeah, he took it back to the house, 47 yards. I don't know. This was just, like you said, pure domination. The score, what was it? 27 to three. They kicked yes. a field goal with like 40 seconds left to make it, you know, three points, but uh, just overall ugly. I did thorough domination. You could see leaps and bounds, how, how much better Baltimore is than Cincinnati. Yeah. I mean, not much more. I really have to add about this. Um, I just wanted to check something real quick. You, you got, you got to give some props to Cincinnati though, with that huge drive at the end of the ball game. Yeah. Right? To get three points. That was to fantastic three points. I mean, that was nice. I just wanted to clutch, mention clutch field goal by the Bengals. I mean, wow. Just gutted that one out. How do you feel about Joe Burrow considering he's your, uh, that's your, what I was going to ask. You're in, in conference rival or in. Yeah. Whatever. He's, he's going to be a thorn in our side for a long time to come. I mean, he's, he's already been predetermined to be just all world from everybody. And, and from what we've seen, he, he, he should be. I mean, yeah. we've seen what he could do. And obviously coming to Ohio, uh, already being from Athens, Ohio, that's that's just absolutely huge um, for for the fanfare for him in this area. So Cincinnati's been talking about Cincinnati can go 0 for 32 in the next two seasons. Uh, as long as Burrow continues to progress, they're, you're going to hear a lot about Burrow. And that's that's obviously they, they really look at him to be their next franchise quarterback. And what's interesting in, in an organization like Cincinnati, he is also going to be given every single opportunity for that to happen this isn't an organization that's going to quickly turn its back on him if they don't see him performing on the field mike brown and and it's purely enough it's not like their philosophy is so great and they stick with people it's just mike brown who's the owner is just Mm -hmm. so cheap in cincinnati he's not going to make a change unless he absolutely has to so uh unless burrow does something completely off the wall he's going to be their quarterback for the next five years five to ten years i mean he just will you know we saw with andy dalton and andy dalton was good Mm -hmm. he couldn't get him to the next level but he was good you know and and so you're going to see burrow get every single opportunity and, and to his credit i I think Burrow is going to be good. I think it's going to be a nice, healthy, um, hopefully, um, you know, it's going to be us. It's going to be the Bengals, us with Mayfield uh, against the Bengals with Burrow. And that's going to be a nice rivalry that we may see for for some time to come. I just wanted to mention before we get a segue off this game, that division for you is very interesting because two teams, obviously, we just spoke about Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. I don't even need to speak about that, who's going to probably dominate there for years. And then fantastic. um, Yeah. And then you have um, Pittsburgh right now, who's four zero on the year. So, and they got that big fat quarterback <laughs> who just needs to get hurt and get out of the league. He the only the only redeeming part about Ben Roethlisberger is he went to Miami of Ohio, go Red Hawks. Yeah. But outside <laughs> of that, there's nothing else re- redeeming about him at all. I remember when he got drafted by the Steelers. I'm like telling people, hey, this Ben Roethlisberger guy is pretty good. I saw him play at Miami. You know, he went to the school. And, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, no, he's actually pretty good. And nobody knew who the hell Ben Roethlisberger was. They act like they did afterwards, but they really didn't know. And uh, to see him just flourish there has just been a thorn in my side just ever since he got there. And so uh, I, I'm ready for him to move on, alumni or not. I'm ready for him to move on and Miles Garrett to be the one to knock him off into, into retirement. Go. 
There you well, go. I'm sure he'll be swinging helmets. Uh, that's so. right. Bring in Rudolph for round two. <laughs> but yeah, do you think that's going to be something to watch for? Because this is probably, and I'm going to throw a little low blow here. This is one of the only times the Browns have looked somewhat successful in the last couple of years. And everyone except for the Bengals is probably dominating right now. So does that worry you a little bit? I'd have to be really sensitive to consider that a low blow yeah. at this point. The Browns <laughs> have been so pathetic since 1999 and even slightly before then that uh, that's not a low blow. I rip mm. off my team more than anybody else. I threw a parade when we went 0-16, for God's sake. So, no, that is not a low blow at all. Uh, it, it's just it's so great that we're going to have – more than just the Ravens and the Steelers. It looks like it's going to be four, and it may be three. Hopefully the Steelers drop off, but it, with the way they're playing right now, who knows? Um, this is going to be a dominant division in the AFC for a long time to come. Yeah. A long time to come. You know, you don't have the coastal teams. You don't have the New Yorks right now. You don't have the That's Boston. It's, you know? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The, the, you, now you're going to be sensitive, right? Um <laughs> I, I think it's going to get back to Midwestern type of football for a little while, which I like. I haven't seen that in a long time. So you guys are going to be talking a lot of AFC North, even if you don't, even if in the past you haven't, because it's come down to two yeah. teams, essentially. Right. Yeah, great point. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, very excited to talk about this one. Uh, the Texans get their first one of the year against Jacksonville. Um, now, wait, first, Chris, Chris, yeah. hold on before you continue. <laughs> Uh, Matthew has been, since we started this, we actually, we're not even a year old, our show. We, we started in January since the beginning, since the first episode that we had, yes. Matthew has been an absolute ripper of Bill O'Brien. He hated him from the beginning. So Matt is on top of the world right now that Bill O'Brien is not the head coach slash GM of the Houston Texans anymore. Yeah, the way it played out, man. You're you're a sage. You're absolutely right. It's a good thing that they gave him that GM role because that that really <laughs> isn't that isn't that the, the the lasting thing. Like I'm in Cleveland. I'm used to coaches coming and going, and it's like okay, this guy didn't work out. We'll bring in a new guy. You, when you make him the GM, then he can make some moves that are going to hurt you for a long time. Yeah, and he did. And he that's made exactly a lot of moves. what happened, man. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. They should have listened to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just happy. Shout out the Texans this week because they did what I've been saying they should have done for about a year now. And yeah. they literally won with ease. I mean, it started off kind of slow, but like they won 30 to 14 ultimately. And they looked like a solid football team, even though he uh, got rid of half the team's assets. Sean Watson right. still did what Deshaun Watson did. So yeah. I'm excited about that. I still think, by the way, to mention the Jaguars real quick, I still think Garner Minshew like somewhere we'll find, I think he's going to win a ring on the tail end of his career, not in Jacksonville, just like somewhere else. That's a bold statement. I still think he, he's, he's another one. Minshew. Minshew's another one that everybody is all over. He's, he's like Matt Ryan, like Eddie, he's good. You know, I, I think he's got a lot of upside yeah. potential and everything, but people just want that to happen so badly. Yeah. And it's just so funny to watch. They want the Minshew to happen. Yeah, it's the whole thing about him. You want that to happen, and we'll see if it does. No, of course. Uh, we actually talked – that's funny that you mentioned that. We talked about it last week, Chris, that we said that we definitely think that Gardner Minshew has proved to us that he could be an NFL quarterback. Like, he definitely belongs. Does he belong in Jacksonville? I, does he belong yeah. as a starter? Probably not. He's does probably... football belong in Jacksonville? Let's go to a more basic <laughs> question. But, I would uh, contend no, but <laughs> – Yeah, but – um. No, I think he would be like probably one of the better backups in the NFL. I don't think he should be he should be leading a, a franchise. That's just my opinion. But um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. He, 
you know, he continues to run hot and cold. They didn't, he threw for 300 yards, but it was mostly garbage time today. Um, uh, Texans on both sides of the ball looked invigorated without Bill O'Brien as their head coach. So um, good for them. I hope that gets them on a winning track because besides for Tennessee, I mean, they don't, I mean, well, the Colts are good too, but the, the, uh, the Texans could make some noise if they rattle off a few wins here and there. So I don't know. We don't know because the Colts are good and their defense is good, but Phillip Rivers has a noodle arm and he didn't look good at all today. We'll get into that later. But um, yeah, I, I think that if they rattle off a few wins, they could definitely make some noise in that division. About the same thing. And um, just shout out uh, Houston, shout out JJ Watt. He came ready to play today after his uh, good old buddy was left, uh, was fired. So Let's go Texans now, and let's move yeah. on to the next one. I'd say an upset here. Raiders win 40-32 yeah. in um, Arrowhead, which was their first win. So, obviously, as the Las Vegas Raiders, it was their first win in Arrowhead. But as a Raiders organization, they haven't beat them in Arrowhead since week eight in 2012. So, okay. shout out John Gruden. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm surprised. I don't really have much to say, but the Raiders are yeah. the real deal. You know, yeah. can, I, can, I, can I just tell you something Absolutely. real quick on, on this particular game? I hated this game. Absolutely <laughs> hated this game because this was the 1 o'clock game that was before my little Browns-Colts stint at 4.15. And for some reason, CBS decided they needed to show not only that whole game, they had to show every single kneel down at the end of the game by the Raiders. And then they had to do a mass of commercials going out. They had to do the NFL PSA where they say thank you for watching they had to come back in with another PSA saying this is going to be a presentation of the NFL then go to commercials and then finally halfway through the first quarter decide to cut to the Browns game already in progress so I hate this game <laughs> thank you for letting me vent I, a little bit there that, that was that was fantastic but um well you know it's Patrick Mahomes so of course they're going to show him doing every you know they're going to show him on the sideline they're going to show him as much as they possibly can they're going to show him but we said it again, we said it last week that this Raiders team, you know, they lost last week to a very good Bills team. They look to be, you know, Mike Mayock and, and John Gruden really look to be building a culture over there, honestly. And I thought for the first couple of years, I, I kind of thought John Gruden was just going to be like a laughing stock. And um, keep going. Everybody yeah. did. I, I think every, everybody who was serious about football thought he was going to be, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, I mean really. he'd been out of the game for quite some time. He's going to the Raiders, the Raiders, who are just just historically, not historically, but lately in, in terms of history, certainly during you guys' lifetime, have not been and, anything. They've been a joke. They've been a joke with Al Davis, that his son running it. I mean, they've been an absolute organizational joke. Yeah. You thought they brought him in as, as kind of like, a, you know, you bring in a brand name to do some work when you don't really know what's going on, but. You know, he put together a winner today. Yeah, they, they, I don't know. They've had a tough schedule so far this year, three and two after the first, after the first five games, they look to make, I mean, they're definitely going to be number two. I feel like in that, in that AFC West, I, I think the chargers are just going to continue to be the chargers. Um, you know, the, the Broncos aren't nearly as good and, you know, you might see them sneaking as a wild card team. They really look good this year and I'm, I'm happy for them because, you know, new stadium, new vibes, new town. So Good for them. I mean, the Chiefs, it's just business as usual. They'll get back to their yeah. winning ways next week. I mean, we do not really have to say <laughs> about the Chiefs. But, um, yeah, maybe some a few defensive blunders here and there. But, you know, on Henry Ruggs, he's really a, a game changer with that speed. But um, overall, great from the Raiders and, you know, a little disappointing from the KC end. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say um, other than that. You nailed it right on the head. I, 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 like, they were due for a loss. I didn't think Kansas City was going to go, like, undefeated. But yeah. uh, shout out uh, Las Vegas because they keep – they've actually had a pretty cool season to watch if you've taken a look at it. They have. Um, <laughs> I laugh because we move on to our favorite game of the week. <laughs> it is the New York Jets um, taking on the Arizona Cardinals. I mean – 30 to 10 i'm just mentally defeated i'll let peter take this one (laughs) really the only thing i kind of want to bash the cardinals a little bit in this game because other than really like the two late touchdowns that they scored i mean they they let the jets hang around in this game and the jets looked horrendous today on both sides i mean joe flacco actually played okay but besides for him they looked horrendous running the ball the routes were awful i mean their defense looked lethargic lacked energy they just came out like the same old plain flat jets. So the fact that Kyler Murray kind of let, you know, kind of let the jets hang around for most of the game, I'd say for about 40, 48 minutes of the game, they let them hang around and then nuke kind of took over, but um, you know, jets, not really much we could say. I mean, we, we said our piece the last couple of weeks. I don't even want to have any heartburn talking about it again. The jets are just going to be a borderline embarrassment, laughing stock disgrace under Adam Gase. Um, you know, I mean, Which I don't know why he hasn't been fired. The report, <laughs> yeah, the report came out today saying that, um, you know, if they got like a late first, early second round pick for Sam Darnold, they trade him. And, you know, that, that report's not leaked on accident. You know what I'm saying? That's an intentional report leak right there. So, you know, it's very possible that you might even see him be moved before the end of the Gase re- regime. So, I don't know. The Jets are just a laughing stock of an organization. I'm embarrassed to be a fan, a diehard fan. And my um, my hours wasted so far watching the Jets. I have my counter on my refrigerator, actually, is uh, up to 15. So 15 hours wasted of my life watching Jets football so far this year. So I'll continue to keep you guys posted on uh, how many hours by the end of the year. We, uh, we move on to the Eagles-Steelers game. I, I personally thought this was one of the most enjoyable ones. Um, 38-29, Pittsburgh. Not if you had the Eagles defense on your fantasy not team. That too. Not if you bet the Eagles. At home is what I was and not, if, not if you hate the Steelers. Yes. <laughs> and I was just going to say, Pittsburgh moves on to 4-0 for the first time since 1979. I would definitely like Chris's thoughts That's on crazy. that one. That's crazy. If you think about how good some of those Pittsburgh teams have been since 1979, I think oh, that's okay. crazy. You're going to have to stop. You're going to have to stop. 41 years. That's <sighs> – Man, oh man. So we got, I think the Browns were 1994 the last time we started four and one. And the last time they started undefeated was 1979. It's, it's amazing. We're going, 2020 is a weird year, huh? A lot of firsts. And it it seems like everything's coming back to the AFC North, which is amazing. But uh, I I don't know. I'm still not bought in on the Steelers. I don't know if you guys are. It'll be interesting to see what happens as this, this season plays out. You know, I mean, Obviously, being undefeated at this point, you know, gives you a little bit of swagger. But I'd still be interested to see what happens the rest of the way because, you know, I, they don't scare me. First of all, they don't scare me. And as a Browns fan, that's rare to say. And it's, <laughs> you know, I, it, sure we're rivals, but unfortunately, they've been kicking our ass for years. But uh, this year, they don't scare me. I, you know, I think we've got enough swagger to to, to get one over on them, and we'll find out this week. Uh, but there's some holes, and like I keep saying, Ben's just old and fat, and eventually that's just going to run its course. They haven't really played anyone super, like, imposing either. What, who did they play? They played 
the the Giants, the Eagles. Who else have they played so far? I don't Cincinnati. Even Cincinnati. Right. And Didn't they play Cincinnati already. I don't remember actually. And they played someone else pretty crappy too. So right now, so they they yeah. haven't really played anyone worthwhile. So. You know, this might be their first real test, and that's weird to say that the, the Browns will be their first real test. Oh, say that again. Say it for everybody in the back here. here. Everybody oh, in the back, say that a little the, louder. The Cleveland Browns will be the Pittsburgh Steelers' first test this wow. season. And this is a neutral Jets fan saying that. I, I am just, wow. <laughs> oh, it's Sunday night. My week has already peaked. I need that uh, <laughs> I, I need that clip in, in, uh, in the show for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cut that one up into promos all week long right there. <laughs> Let's uh let's get off these uh Steelers. We're done with them. Uh we got Rams and the Washington football team. Uh 30-10. God. Um honestly I don't have much to say about this one other than No, did, no, did anyone on. in the in the country watch that bad boy? No, listen, <laughs> you gotta just say one thing, though. One good thing that came out of it is the return of Alex Smith to a football field. Oh, yeah. That was good to see. That, that was, was great, cool actually. to see. I just find it crazy how Aaron Donald absolutely destroyed him like two plays after he stepped in. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the guy that you want to see after you have 36 surgeries on your leg. Literally. And then he, did you hear what he said after? He was like, he's got some strong ass legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Alex Smith. That was dope. I didn't even yeah. mention that. LA just to continue. I honestly thought, I don't know, Chris, what you th- what you thought of the Rams going into the season, but Matt and I really didn't think much. I thought like no. eight and eight, seven and nine at, at most. And they they look pretty good so far. Four and one. I mean, you know, I, that's yeah, that's yeah. good. I mean, they, they can't really compete in that division with I just think Seattle is one of the the better teams in the league completely. And Rams are one of those teams, it's like that's cute. Okay. <laughs> you know, they're just I, they're, they're like the the Washington Generals, you know, or something for for the uh, 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 oh, what are they called? The the Harlem Globetrotters. It's just mm-hmm. one of those teams that's just kind of out there, like as a filler. I don't really think of them much, you know. <laughs> it's like show me when you've actually done something. It's fine if you. It's a nice start for you. Maybe you guys could keep it up. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will see what happens with that. I, I although the they're one and four this year, I think the Washington football team, if they figure out someone at quarterback who they could probably potentially draft next season. I think they have figured out very soon. I I actually do like Ron Rivera over there. I like their defensive line. I think that's That's their best part of their entire team. And they got a a few decent weapons, but I don't know what the hell they're doing with that quarterback situation. Now, now we're getting the vibe that Dwayne Haskins is going to be traded. And he reminds me of like a, like an EJ Manuel. Remember when like EJ Manuel had like a few, a few starts with the bills and then, he got traded, I think it was like to Oakland, and that was the end of that. It Correct was me o- if I'm wrong, but did they ever try to turn him into a receiver? Or that was some, or I'm getting no, that. I think you're thinking of Terrell Pryor. Oh, I was Terrell Pryor, yeah, but yeah, yeah. he might turn uh, into another more- Ohio State guy there. Yeah, yeah there you Terrell go. Pryor. <laughs> yeah, that's the connection, Dwayne Haskins, Terrell Pryor. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny, not to get us off track, but of course, I'm an Ohio guy. If you think back and think about the success of the Ohio State and the Ohio State program and the Buckeyes, then you go back and think about the success of Ohio State quarterbacks, it's like. Like US, it's like USC quarterback. It, it, it's pretty darn thin, man. It's yeah. pretty darn thin. It's pretty wild. That is, that's actually a really good point. I never put that into perspective. Yeah, yeah and it's something I think. Yeah, I think about a lot here that we we actually play really <laughs> well despite and we overcome quarterback play. Sometimes they're heralded, you know, Justin Fields right now. A lot of these guys are heralded, mm-hmm. but you think about them, it's like oh, not not a whole lot. Troy Smith, okay, he won a Heisman. Then he goes on, didn't really do anything. So. You got to watch those Ohio State boys when you're playing quarterback. Hey, I think Cardell, else on the field, they're great. If they're I think Cardell Jones is still going to be a great quarterback one day in this league. 
There you for, go. Yeah, for the in the XFL. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, all right. We got three more. I'm excited. Uh, this one will be quick. I'm a little surprised. Uh, Dolphins 49ers absolutely blowout for Miami 43-17. A complete upset. I got an alert mid-game wow. that um Garoppolo was taken out because he wanted to protect his quarterback. Um, Kyle, uh, 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 I'm just all over the place. Like, how did they? How did they let this happen? It's just because he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I don't know. The Niners haven't really done much this year, I, considering half the team has like been hurt and on and off, and they're not pr- pl- uh, probably practicing together. I could see why this would happen, but 43 to 17 is a big margin for them, and they're a team that just made the Super Bowl last year, so something's gotta. Something's yeah, going mean, on over there. Yeah, you nailed that there are injuries, but I've said – see, like, how you nailed Bill O'Brien for the most part? Since we started this thing, I've been saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is nothing more than a game manager, and when he's yep. called on – when he's called into action to really be a quarterback and not anything more than a game manager, he can't do it. So the, now we're we're seeing the real Jimmy G for what he is. So um, it looks like the 49ers made a little bit of a mistake with that uh, that big contract that they gave him. But it's something that Nick – I honestly think Nick Mullins is a better quarterback than, than Jimmy Garoppolo. Watch those ex-Patriots quarterbacks. It's kind of like Ohio State backup quarterbacks <laughs> on the Patriots. Watch for those. Buyer beware. Yeah, seriously. But... And Miami, I also want to add, I don't know when Tua is going to make the start. I don't know if he's going to turn into a good quarterback. But they, I'm going to be honest with you, they have a bright future as well. I mean, I love uh, Brian Flores. You've said yeah. this many times on the show. I think the culture there is also very good. And they, they're a couple key pieces away. I, they're definitely not there yet. But the fact that they're already playing well, like, is very if I was a Miami Dolphin fan, I'd be very it's impressed. just that fits magic, man. It's never gonna run out. Yeah, guy's gonna be like 45, still throwing touchdowns for some for like his 30th NFL team. Like it's it's just never gonna run out for him. I, I like watching him. I think it's great to see just because he enjoys like he doesn't even like let's face it, he doesn't even care at this point. He's just he can throwing- give a crap less about what the Dolphins do. He's just out there slinging touchdowns and having fun. He's living in Miami his, now. <laughs> supporting his like eight kids that he has. So, you know, um, no, I, I think it's cool to see. I mean, like you said, the culture, they're definitely building a winning culture. Brian Flores is a great leader. It's nice to have a head coach and, you know, have your players believe in them. Yeah. That's nice too. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's a great win for the Dolphins. I it's mean, it, it, it's a little watered down considering all the injuries, but it's still, it's still an impressive victory. One. Yeah. Uh, one more game before the main event here. We got Giants, Cowboys, um, Cowboys ended uh, up pulling this one out. The Red Rocket slinging touchdowns but i do want to mention it was very unfortunate that dak prescott yeah. had a really brutal injury um not joe theisman level as we spoke about before but it was pretty brutal to even look at the picture so i mean i just feel bad for dak because everyone was giving him shit for trying to get that contract and now you could see why <laughs> yeah yeah this one this one really kind of hit home for me it was it was kind of emotional i mean dak I, I don't know. You know, he does get that big contract. There's a lot of expectations. And uh, and for me personally, he's on my fantasy team. So. I thought you were going to go big, uh, big emotional story here. Like you made hey, well, it. My fantasy team's only got one win. <laughs> this is hurting, man. I'm serious. He was my starter. Let's see how many fantasy points he got me today. 14. I, oh, 14, I played against yeah. him. I played, <laughs> I played 14. Against- yeah, it was like about 14. I don't know what league you're in, but, but um... I don't even know what league I'm in. I was asked <laughs> to be in this league, and so far I'm not doing very well. Yeah, I've got 73 points today. 
Oof. That's just not a good day. Dak Prescott got me 13.44. There you go. Out. Now I got to find myself another quarterback. And of course, I don't have a quarterback on my bench because I'm always brilliant. And I think, no, 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 I'll just pick one up on the waiver wire later on. So it's going to well, be a your tough, tough week for the Granville gunslingers, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Peter? On like a more on like a more serious note, I feel like it, it sucks for Dak because like, you know, he's been trying to chase the bag for like how long now, as the kids say, trying to chase the bag and um and you know like is we that what the kids say these days? I have not heard that term. Yeah. I, you've never heard that? No. It's no. another I have to one incorporate that, that into tomorrow. my material now. There you go. Um, but you know, like now you know for a fact that Jerry Jerry was reluctant to pay him from the beginning. Now with this huge injury, probably out for the season, you know, he's I just read that he's having ankle surgery tonight. tonight. So, you know, now he's not we might as well we might have seen Dak's last snap for the Cowboys. That's pretty Jer- and Jerry Jones will somehow hold this against him too. Yeah. Injured in that yeah, way. I, I mean, he, Jerry Jones strikes me. He's got a little bit of that, that Trump in him, you know, <laughs> we'll just once he doesn't like something or he thinks something is a certain way, he will take anything to show that. Yep. See, he's not a gamer. Duke gets injured like that. Like I could definitely see that with Jerry. I'll be watching yeah, that. Here a good next few weeks. Yeah. I, I, I don't know where, I mean, he probably will be the, the most prized free agent, you know, probably won't get the deal that we think he will because you know coming off of a huge injury like that and stuff like that but he'll definitely be a prized free agent um coming from the giants point of view like you know they scored 18 points over the last two games like they didn't have any touchdowns this was a nice showing from them you know granted that they were playing like a pop warner defense today but um you know i i mean more good things i guess to see from joe judge's giants and there's not really any good points to talk about from the Giants' standpoint, but they scored some points today. They lost in heartbreaking fashion. That's you know, pretty much it on that game. Yeah, one of uh, that was the final of the three teams, by the way, that were zero and five on the year to go along with our Jets and the Falcons. Um, I mean, I think the Giants probably finish out three and thirteen or four and twelve. If I had to guess, I don't think they'll lose out like the Jets or the Falcons might. But we'll see what happens to the Giants. I, I hope Joe Judge is the answer for the fans. Um, yeah. Main event time. Been <laughs> for this since we got Chris on uh, Colts Browns. Only thing I want to mention is that Cleveland is now four and one for the first time since 1994. Round of applause right there. Correct. <laughs> and uh, we'll let you take the mic open mic. This is an open space. Your reaction as a Browns fan for the first time, you guys have really seen this much success. And I don't know, you could tell me how many years, but you're well, right. You pretty much said it since 1994. We've been in the playoffs once since we've been back and, Thanks to Dennis Northcutt dropping a ball, our wide receiver, we didn't last long in the playoffs. We lost to the Steelers in the first round. So this is about as good as it gets in the last 20-some-odd years for a Cleveland Browns fan. Four and one right now. Uh, We looked good today. This was one of those games, and, and I watched all the national people. Everybody was like, you know, Indianapolis is playing pretty good. The Browns are playing pretty good. We're going to go with Indianapolis. And everybody was going against the Browns that I was seeing once again. And I and I picked the Browns to win, but that's not too surprising. I picked the Browns a lot and they lose. Um, but there, there, there was a feeling that this is the type of game when you get things going in the right direction for the Browns, they have a step back. And, and we've never been able to follow up success with success for very long. Usually there's a step back. And usually it's in some sort of glorious fashion that everybody nationally can make fun of us for. Uh, but this one wasn't. This was a legit step forward. Listen, 
we lost Nick Chubb, right? And everybody's talking about Nick Chubb is the most important part of that offense. And I, and, and I don't doubt that. Uh, the one thing I would say is that the offensive line for the Cleveland Browns is really the most important part of the offense. And the offensive line came together once again today. Unfortunately, we lost Wyatt Teller, which keep, keep yeah, tuned in for that one. That's going to be big for the Cleveland Browns that we lost Wyatt Teller. He's been playing the best to anybody on that line. Um, but, but if we're beating guys in the trenches – then Baker doesn't have to be perfect because I'm here to tell you Baker is far from perfect. There are so many throws that Baker has, and this will drive you nuts watching the Cleveland Browns game. He will have guys wide open that he throws high, and, and it happens every single game multiple times. And, and it's just something. I think when he gets geared up, when, when he, his emotions are running high, he throws the ball high, and that will drive me nuts. So, if you're asking Baker to win a game, that's always going to be problematic. But if you have the offensive line, give him time. That allows him to make his reads and find the right guy, find his tight ends. You see Hooper getting more involved, the tight mm -hmm. end for the Browns. That's good to see. Um, you see him finding eight receivers today. That's good. Um, and then the defense, the defense being able to up front play fairly well. We're always going to be bad in the secondary because we just don't have the personnel right now. Right. We, we're, we're hurt. We're banged up in both the secondary as well as the linebacking core. How do you feel about Andrew Sandejo? <laughs> yeah, he sucks. He's the <laughs> My God, that guy, I, I want to personally drive him to the airport and get him out of town if I could. Uh, I mean, he's horrible. He's horrible. But if our line can keep the kind of pressure that we did on Phillip Rivers today, obviously, Miles Garrett has just been playing out of his mind. You know, three weeks with a strip sack, three consecutive weeks. Today gets a Crazy. safety. Uh, Phillip Rivers was trying to convince everybody he was throwing the ball to somebody along the sidelines. There was nobody there. I mean, that was a safety sack. I mean, he's just fantastic. Everybody nationally knows that. I hope mm -hmm. by now, if you don't, you got to watch this guy. He is just, just the moves he pulls, the spin moves, the way he gets around guys. I, I, it's just fantastic. And, and he's really defensively the guy who's got to set the tone for this team because right. we will fall apart defensively fairly quickly because our secondary sucks. Our linebacking core is tough, is not very good, uh, but our line can, can hold their own. And as long as we could do that, we're going to be good. And that means we're going to hang in in this division. And what we've already talked about is a tough division. We're playing well in the trenches, offensively, defensively. We're going to be there boys. Um, you know, four and one, I'm feeling good about that. This is a league that's designed for teams to go eight and eight, right? The draft is set up that way. Salary cap is set up that way. The Browns haven't been able to get to eight and eight in like 10 years. It seems, I mean, it's just, and it's amazing. It's amazing. It's statistically impossible to do what the Browns have been to do. I mean, they've been so bad for so long. I mean, four and one is not a big momentous occasion for 99% of the league. It is for the Cleveland Browns. I think in this case, it's not an anomaly. It's something we're building towards. So I feel real good about that. That was a solid win to beat Indianapolis, a team that I thought was inferior, but I was one of the few out there who thought mm -hmm. the Indianapolis Colts were inferior to the Cleveland Browns. And we were able to pull it out today. I thought that, yeah, I couldn't have said that any better myself. Was, was, was that enough of a diatribe? I'm sorry. That no, that was great. That, that was fantastic. The best I, one we've had so far. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I My question to you is because, and you already touched on it a little bit, but I, now that we have you and we got to the Browns game, we could start asking questions. So, obviously, I'm a Jeff fan. Sam Darnold is my guy. I mean, I even though he's played, like, pretty poorly, if you want to be honest with yourself, the last yeah. three seasons, I really believe – Peter and I both – 
have you the guys same still believe in it. Sam Darnold? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I think do, he, yeah. I think he is a really good quarterback. And like, not to bring your team into it, but I do think if Sam Darnold was drafted one, uh, first overall that year, that they'd have a lot more success. So my question to you is, do you think like that's the same uh, what, what would you have to say about that? Yeah, yeah, and they're always going to be married together because Sam Darnold's yeah. the guy we passed upon. Um, and that that was now just to take you back to that draft. That was in Cleveland the consensus safe pick mm-hmm. at that time was Sam Darnold. And Baker Mayfield was like, "You want to take a flyer? You can." And then you had Rose, and you had some people out there for him. And mm-hmm. I, I actually was for him because you know. It's, the old big arm and you think this guy's going to be something special. That's what we mm-hmm. thought we were going to get too at, at one point yeah. Rose and I, I was high on him as well. Yeah, and he was he was actually the guy that I wanted. Uh but Baker was like, you know, we were fresh coming off of Johnny Manziel. I mean, let's let's not lie, you know, and Baker has that kind of swagger. He planted the the uh flag after beating Ohio State in right. Ohio Stadium. And that did not go over well in Ohio. Did not go over well with a lot of Cleveland fans. So um, there was that 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 you know there were a lot of people who uh, who had prejudged him and didn't like him for those reasons. And so that's why it was a surprise when we drafted Baker. And I and I'm not here to say that Baker has arrived because I don't think Baker has arrived. I still think Baker can be a good quarterback and can be our quarterback in this league. And obviously, sitting at four and one, I'm not going to sit here and diss the guy. Um, and I'm not good. And I don't think that, I don't think anybody could honestly say him or Darnold right now, to be honest with you. Um, I I think Baker hasn't, hasn't won us a ball game yet. You know, (laughs) I mean, he really was, he, he hasn't gone out and you say, wow, Baker went out, found his receivers consistently all day. If it wasn't for Baker Mayfield, you know, or or a small subset of quarterbacks in this league, we would have lost that game. And that hasn't happened yet. And until that happens, um, then I'm not going to sit here and say that he's the absolute man, um, no matter how many stupid commercials we have to see him in. <laughs> uh, but it, it'll be interesting because, like you said, they're, they're always going to be married together. And I haven't seen enough to, of Darnold to know that we made the wrong choice. I, I'm happy with the choice we made. I'm, I'm more of a Baker guy now than what I would be a Darnold guy. I don't know if it's for having him in yeah. our uniform and seeing him or the fact that we sit here at 4-1 and one right now, and I'm not going to change a whole lot with my team. Uh, riding high on that but he's got a long way to go baker's got a long long way to go and uh, they need to continue to put the the give him the type of time so that he can make progressions back there because if you start to speed up the game for him that's going to be problematic no i i actually think you said that perfectly i don't i'm glad that i mean if that's the consensus with browns fans then i i could be okay with that and yeah. you're, you are right. They are always going to be married together just because it was one and three and they were the first two quarterbacks selected. And Darnold at the time, I, I would say, Peter, like was the like the hottest quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. So obviously anyone passing on him, I would say was would be a big deal. Yeah, I don't course. know. I just think uh, I agree with you on that. I, I think Baker does have potential to be better, but I, I just don't think he's good. That's just my opinion. Well, on you know, if you rank the court, the first round quarterback now, from come that on. year. Now, that's not fair. Now you say he's not good. Now, I'm not saying he's not you know, come on. I like Sam Darnold. He, he's at least good. And I, I don't know. You saying that Baker Mayfield is not at least good. I, I, I think, I think, think out of that, good. I think out of that I, draft I class, Baker Mayfield besides Rosen was probably the worst quarterback as of right now. Ooh. Who 
Josh Allen's been proven that he. And I was a I was a big hater of Josh Allen, and Josh Allen's played better than if all of if, them. No, but if you're going well, off of success and stuff right now, you got to rank Baker over Sam Darnold in terms yeah. of winning. But yeah, I think in terms of to. talent, I think Darnold's miles ahead of him. Oh, I don't know if it'd be Miles either. I don't know Miles. Okay, we'll, we'll agree to disagree, disagree on this. On I that, think those yeah. guys are pretty damn close. Yeah, I think pretty so damn too. close. And that's as I sit here with a four and one team versus your <laughs> for zero and five garbage. Yeah, our I mean, listen, garbage. I think, and I'm saying they're close. I think I'd be pretty. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's tough. Listen, we could we could all agree on this. What I'm about to say that uh-huh. at, at least out of the the. First round quarterbacks from that year, Baker and Sam are definitely not last. It's Josh Rosen. So we could just say that. Yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. Charitable was the word I was saying. I was being very charitable to your 0-5 team to say <laughs> yeah. that they're they're at least in the same hemisphere right now. I don't know. <laughs> no, I think the, I'm not gonna let you bring me down with 4-1. and You're riding high. A drinking game could be to do this show again or just uh just do it on the replay of this show. Just drink every time I say we're four and one. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be completely well hammered deserved, by though. this point. People yeah. are just being just like, this This guy's hilarious. Oh, my God. Be so hammered. Yeah, I think you're right because realistically, I don't know what his Jets record is. I think his most wins was, good. It was seven and nine that year, right? That was the most yeah. wins he's had. So it can't be good. So, I, I mean, he's got nothing to show for it. But as someone who watches him every single week, and I mean, you can't blame everything on coaching, but to an extent. That's I mean, true. I think if he was put in a better situation, it's not even just exactly what we're going to do yeah. right now. You can't blame everything on coaching, but I'm going to blame everything on coaching when it comes to Sam Darnold. It's not even just that, yeah, though. The I, Browns have done absolutely. a good job as an organization to put Baker Mayfield in such a better position than Darnold has been. Like, he just, surrounded him. With- I'm living in an alternate universe right now when you say crap like that. But yes, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. I agree with you on this. I, I, because usually I, the fact that he's got, such a great offense in front of him is like i would dream for that if darnold was playing like you're right in that situation i hate to compare to cleveland but it's the only realistic comparison you could make i mean even in buffalo but it's it's different that's the interesting case would darnold be doing better if he was in cleveland if you switch those two out and i i think that's i think that's a good argument that 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 could happen but i i don't know i don't know yeah well he's beaten us both times i think what would he be five and oh I don't know. We're just, listen, we're Chris, you have to understand this. Us Jets, Jets fans, we're just grasping at straws right now. We got nothing. We're trying to bring you down, but it's clear that we cannot because you are, what are you again? We're four and one. And right now they're showing the highlights. I've got prime time on. I never watch prime time. Like who watches prime time anymore? I don't know. Old boomers. And I guess me, but I've got it on right now. Watching Landry. Landry had two big drops. He They're going to keep showing this unbelievable catch that he made. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but he made mm-hmm. a catch over the, over the top of a, of a Colts defender where they caught it over his back. It was amazing. But later on in this game, he had two Big, big drops that no one's going to talk about. Hopefully, Landry doesn't make those mistakes in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, hopefully yeah, not. I'm, I'm hopefully happy that, for your sake. Yeah. For, yeah. For your <laughs> sake. And I'm happy that Odell's starting to show out a little bit more, too, in the last couple. He only had like 50 something yards, I think, today, but the week before he played well. So yeah. I hope yeah. they keep playing as well as they could. Um, how's, uh, Hooper been playing. I haven't even really He's heard. Starting much. to get more integrated into the offense, I'd say recently, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. In fact, let's see what his stats were today. He had 57 yards receiving. 
on uh, five receptions, which is I, close to a high for him because uh, we just haven't been using it. It's been very frustrating because obviously he came in here as a so highly big touted contract. Yeah. yeah, free agent and everything else. And we thought, hey, we've got something here because uh, we, we've struggled. We had David Njoku, who was supposed to be awesome and, and has shown some flashes. I mean, that tight end room has got some talent in it. We, we were wondering why we brought in Hooper after having all that talent. Well, of course, Stefanski loves tight ends. Uh, he loves dual tight end sets. He likes to use the tight end. So it makes sense from that perspective. But then he, he really Hooper has not been that productive overall and certainly hasn't been what we expected. But he had a fairly good game today. And hopefully that's a, that's a good indicator of things to come, because the more Baker could throw underneath or two tight ends, that 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 that's a better Baker than yeah. you're going to see if he's throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, Um <clears throat> Great points. And what's the timeline for Chubb to return? What are we looking at on that? I, I think they were saying six weeks, so maybe we've got another month and a half. But shout out Kareem Hunt, too, because he's kind of reinventing himself. Um, I mean, he was always good, but there was a brief period with the whole thing that was going on off the field. And then he was in like a little slump. But um, I'm happy that he's playing well, like you mentioned yeah. very early on in the episode. But Yeah, and it's nice because we do between him and Dernis Johnson, we've got a little bit of depth there and and we Mm -hmm. can run the ball behind this offensive line. We can run the ball. So I'm not as concerned about Chubb. Obviously, you'd love to have a talent like that back and and hopefully we'll have him back for the playoffs. Gentlemen, I just had to (laughs) had to use that drop. Right. Um, But uh, but yeah, we do. We do have some guys back. So I'm not going to haunt you. <laughs> oh yeah oh everything that i do as a browns fan you know it comes, it comes back and haunts you, yeah we'll be watching heavy now chris <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah well i think the, i think everybody when the browns get good people love to tune in because they just wait wait for us to just fail and fall fall on our face because it's just so much fun for the rest of the country it kills me a little bit inside you know every single game but for the rest of the country it's just some great theater so yeah definitely if you're not watching the browns start watching now because this will this is going to end one or two ways and, and really it's only one way where it's going to us be us falling on our faces in some way but it'll be in fantastic way that you've never seen before perfect way i'd say uh, go ahead no i was gonna say <laughs> i think we'll definitely be watching now yeah for sure but um here's i just wanted to say you know thank you a million for coming on going through our nfl recap with us i re- really appreciate you taking the time out um i'll definitely be watching tomorrow tomorrow at nine right that's right. Tomorrow at nine. And we're going to have uh, Joe Greco on, who is a longtime lineman in the in the league. So he'll be coming on to break down my Cleveland Browns and the offensive line play and all those other good things that we just talked about. Well, that's awesome. So everyone, um, Chris McNeil from the Big Play Revlog show. Thank you so much for coming on, man. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. See you later. Good luck with the Jets. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> all right. So that was Chris McNeil, everyone from the Big Play Revlog show just one more time. Thank you to him for taking the time out and joining us. He was, I thought he was really funny. What did you think, Matt? Yeah. Great guest. Shout out Chris McNeil for joining us with, with the recap. I love the Browns insight. Now I feel like we're never eyes on this uh, Cleveland team for the whole season. Cause I want to save that clip of him saying playoffs. So we'll see what happens over yeah. there. we got to make sure to take that. And then, I'll, um, you know, in case, in case they don't make the playoffs, I got to tweet it at him, <laughs> but yeah, shout out Chris McNeil. Um, I'm going to go plug him real quick. You, oh, I lost. Oh, there you go. You could uh, follow him at REFL, one more time, REFLOG underscore 18. That's Reflog underscore 18. 
It's just uh, golfer backwards underscore 18. Yeah, he explained that to us. If you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and his the show that they do is at Big Play Reflog. It's like an in-studio show. You said they do it nightly. And who were they bringing yeah. on? Uh, uh, Joe Greco. It's actually – um, Greco, I said George Klecko from the Jets. I'm talking about uh, – <laughs> Yeah, Joe Klecko. I'm sorry. From um, fuck the no, Jets. Joe Greco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joe Greco from um. He used to play on Cleveland. I'm pretty sure he was on a couple other teams. That's really cool. I didn't even know that. They didn't even promote that. So I'm definitely gonna be watching. Um, well, when this episode comes out, it'll be tonight at nine o'clock. So if you're listening still now, go you and check that out. Reflog underscore eighteen on Twitter. They do a live Twitter show. So that would be really really cool to see. Yeah, shout out Chris. And I'm ready to jump right into it. Yes, this sir. is going to be a fat episode because we already have uh, that, which was probably about like 30 minutes. Uh, no, more. Probably like more. 50 minutes. And then yeah. um, now we have a whole episode for you guys. So episode 23, we are back, baby. Shout out Peter for the hold, amazing hold on. topic one, one list. What did you say that? No, I'm okay. Thank you. Shout, shout out, out my Papa dad Andrew ask, Sandy. asking if I want a beer. Asking shout if out. he wants a beer. Let's go, baby. I'm hyped. Let's go. All right. So. Since we're on the topic of football, anyway, let's just jump right into this. Listen, I'm tired of talking about this. We're going to make oh this quick. God, yes, COVID-19 nice. is destroying wreaking football. Wreaking havoc, as you said. <laughs> wreaking havoc on football right now. If you looked, I don't even know the full list. I don't even want to tell you the full list because it's just ridiculous. The rescheduling of all these games is flat out ridiculous. And I, I appreciate the NFL not trying to extend the season, not trying to forfeit games, and also not trying to just like not play games because they were – there was a game later on in the year between Miami and Denver that they were just going to like not play. So like, that's not fair because you're costing people game checks and all that kind of stuff. This is getting ridiculous. The NFL needs to put serious protocols on this. And this is what I said to my good, my good friends, Ethan, Chris and Christian earlier today. Listen, draft compensation. If your team breaks protocol, I don't care if they're doing it at, you know, they're just trying to stay sharp, whatever. If, If you have positive COVID cases in your camp, you need, to shut down. You need to follow protocols. You know what? You lose your first round pick. You lose your second round pick. Something like that. Something that'll be detrimental if you lose. Tell these guys that they're not going to make game checks. That'll really hit them right where it hurts. Yeah. Um, I, I actually agree with everything you just said. I like the draft compensation thing. Taking that away it hurts the team. And the Titans should have – my original idea with the whole situation when it happened early on in the week that they, they should have been required to forfeit the game because um, – you know, I mean, yeah. I see, I, I see why, why you may or may not be able to do that, but yeah, there needs to be a penalty if you're not taking responsibility. Absolutely. And the Titans clearly were not when they were practicing, even after they had tested positive. So, I'm not talking about for the teams like the Jets, um, because I only bring them up because they had a positive test and then they sent them all home and like they they follow protocol as much as and they it, fucking that'd suck. Be a false positive. Yeah, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. As much as they suck, they actually did the right thing here yeah, and they sent once. them all home. And then it was a false positive, and they said you guys could suit up for Sunday. Yeah, yeah it takes away practices, but it wouldn't have made much a difference anyway. Yeah, the Jets were getting anyway. blown out by Arizona but, regardless. But the problem with <laughs> the problem with forfeiting games is, you know, that game has to be played in football where there's only 16 games. You cannot give a team an automatic victory um, like that because that could decide a playoff spot. That can get, mm-hmm. decide a division. You know what? Make them play. I think they had like 16 guys on the COVID list or something like that. The Titans have them bring all their practice squad players up, sign guys from Walmart, Target, playing in you know backyard football. That's Chris how Matthews you punish them. Style, That's how you punish them, though. You make them play with with less talent. 
You know what I'm saying? Look at the Jets. They're playing with a bunch of practice squad guys and look at how bad they are. You know what? I, that's what I'm saying. You make them you make them play their games, but without their talent. That's no, just how it is. I agree. The, the tough, season must go on, especially honestly, if they're not being responsible. Shit. Yeah, that's basically fault. what it is. You can't it's, punish teams, though, that unintentionally are getting it. But the Titans should have definitely had been punished mm-hmm. for the yeah. shit that they pulled. Yeah, this is ridiculous. This is two weeks running now. And, you know, he's it's putting my fantasy game this week in jeopardy because I have Derrick Henry and Josh Allen. So Isn't I'm extremely pissed about how it. How much money is involved in, like, every game, every decision? Yeah, it's insane. Right now. Yeah. It's literally insane. I See, mean, like, I'll give you a for instance, like, the rescheduling of the, the – uh, you want to talk about a team that, you know, gets COVID, like, basically accidentally and doesn't really deserve a penalty, the Patriots – um, I have the Patriots defense and they, their game got pushed, you know, they're postponing it to next week. And, you know, I had the Patriots defense and I had to play the Eagles defense who got me minus one points. So I'm kind of pissed about that, but it's true. It, you don't realize, I mean, fantasy is such bullshit. If you really no, but think about it, everything but you, general you see how much it affects just that little thing. So I'm tired of talking about it, Matt. I know you are for a fact, but we have to mention it just because like, it's ridiculous at this point and the Titans really need to buckle down. And if there's any more positive tests from, you know, today, tonight, tomorrow, Tuesday, that game's not going to be played. And then you're, you're, you're just getting into ridiculous territory. The NFL needs to do a better job on cracking down and do giving better punishments out for these players and teams that aren't following protocols clearly. Yeah, I, I a million percent agree with you. And we'll just get on, on with it because I can't stand talking about this coronavirus yeah, it's, it's bullshit. So, it's moving. Actually, I was going to say moving on to a positive note, but there's nothing positive about this. I was going to ask, what do you want to start with? Because I just checked my phone and uh, Rosarena just hit a solo home run. So do you want to talk about the series or do you want to just violate the Yankees? What do I think we should here? just go quickly. We should go through <laughs> the, each division series. And just say, you know, we basically nailed everything on the head except for the Rays. Yankees, but we did yeah. say it was going to go to five games. So we yeah. were right about that. And, but, and I called the Dodgers sweep, too, by the way. I you did. did say that. Yes. But um, if we want to if we want to break it down, I'd break it down, honestly. Um, that first. Kind of reverse. Yankees. No, I, oh, I the did Yankees the Yankees first. last. Uh, oh, no, the uh, Yankees yeah, first. Oh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Matthew. Um, no, the first one that I want to talk about, because it was really the least surprising, was Atlanta. And Miami, I mean, Atlanta's pitching, dominating. Um, Atlanta has a vastly superior lineup. Um, overall, they're just a better team. And this was a really, I don't want to say cute because it's really not cute. It was a good run by Miami. They definitely earned every single game that they played, especially the early season, you know, COVID, you know what I'm saying? That huge list of players that they had, they were playing so under-talented and shout out Don Mattingly. He did a terrific job with this team this year. And that was definitely exciting. It was definitely, we said at the beginning of the year, there was going to be like that one team that we from completely from left field, we thought it was going to be the Orioles. It turned out to be the Marlins. And, you know, that was just really cool to see, you know, they got swept, but you know, they beat the Cubs, which was really cool. So swept them. yeah, great. Listen, great for them. Great for their self-esteem. Great for their young players. But, you know, the Braves are just too talented, and, you know, that's pretty much the end of it right there. I don't have much to say about that game, that series either because you nailed it on the head. The lineup is insane over there. Uh, the only game that was actually somewhat close was game one when I mm-hmm. think they almost won Miami, but then the Braves just kept hitting home runs. Yeah. Um, interesting with the whole Acuna thing, uh, getting hit and then blasting home runs. I don't really have much to say. I'm not surprised. I do think that this is um, a really good sign for Miami. Obviously, yeah. 6-0 six, 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 oh, Sanchez. Uh, they got a ton of 
cool, like I don't even know why they're good on offense, but they just make it work. But yeah. a lot of their young prospects, there's a lot of like positives to look from that aren't even in the league yet. So I actually am excited to see what the Marlins could do in the future. Definitely. Happy for Derek Jeter and Don Mattingly because everyone was shitting on them for the last like three yep. years. So um, shout out them and shout out the Braves. Congratulations. For, I think they made the NLCS for the first time in what? It's been a while. It's been a few years for sure. Yeah. No, it's been a while. Like I think the early two thousands. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know. Off rep. I don't. I don't really know. Whatever. But it's been a while. So shout out them. But yeah. And then the other one is the Dodgers and the Padres, which I said was going to be a sweep. No knock on the Padres, of course. Again, another team. Thankfully, they'll finally make the NL West interesting because every year the Dodgers just run away with the division. So now for a couple of years to look forward, we have some shit to look forward to. I just knew it was going to be a sweep because the Dodgers are just too damn good. Realistically, yeah. Peter, I'm gonna be honest with you. They really like besides. All right, obviously saying this is people are gonna get pissed off at me. Like, but I was gonna say besides Mookie, I, I don't know if you said this to me. It might have been you or someone. But besides Mookie Betts, I don't really think they're that good. Yeah, that's uh, just me. There was someone else uh, and Cody Bellinger. Bellinger. Yeah. yeah, like I'm obviously they're good. Like shout out Seager and no, yeah, pitch, of course. Kershaw's actually pitched pretty good in the playoffs, and they yeah. have Walker Buehler, Dustin May. I, I can go on and on. Uh, of course, the best MLB the show catcher, Will Smith, um, Justin Will Turner. Smith. You know, I'm naming a whole yeah. lineup here, but realistically, like who really shows up consistently is like those two players. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know. What to, uh, I really just want to talk about don't this is not a knock on the Dodgers because I even with these two guys healthy, I really don't think it would have been a difference. I think you're right. I think it still would have been a sweep, but not having two of your best pitchers, your two starting pitchers for san diego not having a healthy mike clevenger and not having arguably their best pitcher of the season denelson lament that was huge for them so um i'm not like i said i'm not discrediting the dodgers at all um i thought it would be a little bit more interesting if they were both healthy maybe a fourth game maybe even a fifth but uh i think the results still would have been the same uh shout out the dodgers they're you know like you said you nailed it on the head kershaw has been pitching really well bueller dustin may in his rookie season has been outstanding um you know will smith had five hits in a game i think it was game three which is utterly ridiculous but um you know shout out they're they're just clicking at the right time and you know eventually we'll see them in the world series and lose to whoever wins on the al side so you know (laughs) shout out them no you're right the dodgers uh i don't really have much to say about that i just wanted to mention the clevenger thing i was kind of upset that they even like forced them to pitch because you know we we even said it yo we he was hurt yeah so um, moving on to my roommate just texted me is Dak dead question mark <laughs> yeah pretty but, much but yeah um oh and do we even oh no we got the al now yeah um it was at the oakland a's and the houston Astros. now i'm gonna come at you with a different take here that you're gonna be like huh and i don't like saying this but i said it in my group chat the other day and i feel like i should say it here too i don't know what you're gonna say i love it i'm gonna say that the Houston Astros have earned their way to everywhere that they've been this year. Yeah. yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I hate it. Don't get me wrong. You know that I despise saying this right now. But they have gone through so much perseverance with the whole scandal and everything like that. Losing Garrett Cole in free agency. Losing Justin Verlander early on in the season. Their two best pitchers. You know, putting in basically putting in all their faith pretty much in Fran Bar Valdez and Jose Curdy. And a couple other guys, too, that, you know, aren't really like premier starting pitchers. And they've made it work. They've relied on their playoff experience. And honestly, I, bats woke I, up. 
Yeah, the bats woke up. Yeah, you're right. Carlos Correa had 500 with three home and runs and 11 RBIs. I don't know. Alt- Altuve, George Springer had a game where he had a couple home runs. Like everything's just clicking, and you know they've earned. I hope it's. I hope the buck stops here. Don't get me wrong in saying this. I hope the buck stops here because I don't want to see them in the World Series. <laughs> but but um, you know, shout out them as much as I hate to say it. Yes, they have earned their way absolutely throughout everything this year, and um. The A's were a good team. The A's put in a good fight. I actually thought that the A's were going to come back and make it a five-game series, but uh, the bats were just too much. Uh, I don't know. Oakland has a great lineup. They don't. They have very shaky pitching. Um, you know, they don't spend a lot of money. They got money ball. You know, Billy Bean's a great GM. They don't spend a lot of money. They don't have a lot of pitching prospects. I don't know. We might see a regression from them next year because, you know, the lineup is good, but – as you can see from this next series, it doesn't matter how good your lineup is. Pitching is always key. Yeah, that's been the case in baseball for the existence of the sport. Yeah. So, agree with you there. I actually do want to say shout out the Astros, even though I can't stand either of the teams playing in the ALCS right now. Because um, if they do win, or even if they don't, okay, they they have a chance right now to win the American League and a chance to win the World Series. If they don't, they made it to the ALCS. Mm-hmm. And they could really tell everyone to shut the fuck up if we want to be honest here, because, yeah. and as much as I hate to say it, like they cheated and they won and they're not cheating now because and they're still they're not and they're still winning. So we can't say a word. It hurts yeah. to say, but we can't say a word as for the A's again, I thought it was going to be a little closer series, but we did predict this was going to happen, even though the Astros were the underdog going into the series. Yeah. I wasn't surprised by this. Uh, it's TTL takes right there. I'm telling you, we've been on fire like this whole year. Yeah, we but... actually nailed everything. And honestly, I'm not even mad for getting the Yankees series wrong because we're Yankee fans. We still said we still said game. We still said five games too. And that too. To move on to that series, we saved the best for last. Uh, oh my god! I'm gonna be honest with you, Peter. Uh, we're ready to rant. Yeah, I'm. I'm ready for. I'm sure. gonna let you go in more than me. Okay. I'm kind of overly exhausted. I and I've kind of it's kind of hit me already. I just want to say this one thing. I'm gonna let this go man for it. go for it. Uh, I thought about this before game five and it's slowly starting to become true. I, not that we're cursed, but I genuinely believe that 09 championship that we watched happen. Like we won't see another, anything like that for a really long time. It's that's looking to be that way. We looking at the future, the only real big unrestricted free agent is DJ LeMay. They'll probably make sure we'll stay. But other than that, it's a really like messed up free agency for the Yankees because they've lost the most money than any sports franchise has to COVID. That's a mm-hmm. fact. And I think it's like 200 million. If we're like, if we're being. They're also tied. They have an anchor on their payroll and that's John Carlos then. And obviously DJ LeMay, who's worth a max. Like, I don't even know. Well, there's no salary cap, but he's worth the most money that he could probably get. Yeah. So I'm not, I think they'll retain DJ, but it's going to be a really slow free agency for yeah. the because they don't have the money to spend, and yeah. this was it. They couldn't win in a 60-game season after signing a $330 million ace. I get the injuries. I'm mm-hmm. just over it. Boone is not yeah. a good manager. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to let uh, you take it. I'm yeah. just – I'm exhausted. The first thing I want to say about this is after game – so I'll, I'll ask you a couple, like, rhetorical questions almost. What, what beat the Rays – in that 9-3 victory in game one. Tell me what beat the Rays. Well, everyone was hitting the baseball for starters. Bingo. And where were they hitting the ball? Over the fence, right? <laughs> I was going to say out of the fence. Okay. So you clearly – I'm not going to say – I'm not going to sit here and say 
to make myself feel better that Blake Snell is the best pitcher on the Rays. I don't think he is. I think it's Tyler Glass now. That's yeah, just me. Saw that. um, um, but they hit around a very credible starter in Blake Snell in game one. They beat them 9-3. They hit the ball over the fence. And in game two, this is where the series went to shit. Because the Yankees in this analytical age tried to out-analytic the creator of the analytic age. You are not listening. If you want to get into an analytical baseball game, you will never beat the Tampa Bay Rays. Their whole philosophy, their whole baseball team is built around analytics. You try and get too cute. Listen, the Yankees, if you want to, if a right, if you want to get down to like the nitty gritty, the Yankees had a $110 million payroll this year, most in baseball. You know what the Rays had? $28 million. You pay all these players to hit home runs. You pay all these players. You know, it's stri- the Yankees are strike out our home, what? home run. We've known this for years now. That's basically what it is in this analytic age. And you try and play small ball. You try and put a starter in there. You try and put Debbie Garcia in there. Now, the one problem I have with this is if you're going to put Garcia in there, he was your second best pitcher pretty much this year besides for Cole. If you want to, you know, consistency-wise. Yeah. He was the second best pitcher no, on the Yankees. I, I'm not saying a word because I think you're spinning facts. But no. no. But what I'm saying is the first thing that they said, oh, he's 21 years old. Who gives a shit if he's 21 years old? If he was your second most consistent pitcher, you pitch him. There's no fans in the stand. He has an unprecedented opportunity to pitch in a playoff game and not have the nerves because there's no fans in the stands. They're not even in their home ballpark. It's also ironic that you mentioned the 21-year-old year thing because last year that was all we were saying about Glaber when he was doing <laughs> successful things. <laughs> exactly. But, but that's what I'm saying. Like, so you put him out there for an inning. Yeah, he gives up a home run. Okay, home runs were flying. I could have hit a home run out of that ballpark this past week. The yeah, ball there was, was some flying out of that ballpark that night. There were some nights where the ball wasn't yeah. carrying, but and, that night, yes. And then to top it all off, you bring in Jay Happ, who statistically has not had a good run in the playoffs. His whole career has not had a good run in the playoffs. And then you put him in a, in in a position where he's not comfortable. Jay Happ is a starter, or he's not. That's it. He's not a reliever. He doesn't come into games. It doesn't matter, second inning or not. He didn't start that game. So then you try and flip an all-lefty lineup to right-handed hitters. Newsflash, some of their best hitters are right-handed hitters. Michael Brasso's a right-handed hitter. Yandy Diaz is a right-handed hitter. You know what I'm saying? They have switch hitters in their lineup. What difference was it going to make? You might as well just roll with the kid because then you burn him for game for game three pretty much. You know what I mean? And Tanaka didn't pitch good. Tanaka probably pitched his last game in a Yankee yeah. uniform. You know, then you relied on Jordan Montgomery, who, shout out Jordan Montgomery, actually pitched very well in the four innings that he pitched in game four. But it, you, they backed themselves into an analytic corner by doing that. No, they tried to play small ball. They tried to be cute. They, you know what the Yankees tried to do in this game? I'll tell you right now. Because the Yankees, the Yankees have been on this binge, I've noticed, for the past couple of years, where they want to prove that they're not, we'll throw money at you, and that's how we'll win. Let's face it, Matthew. We've tried to say that, too, for the past few years, that that's not how the Yankees roll. That's exactly how the Yankees roll. <laughs> the Yankees will throw money at big free agents. They will bolster their um, they'll bolster their farm system with big prospects to spend big international money. The Yankees are just money. You look at them. They are money. That's what they're built off of. It's okay to be that. Look at the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the same way, except on the West Coast. And they embrace it. And that's why they've had more success. I mean, World Series-wise, they haven't had more success over the Yankees in the last decade. But if you look recently, they've had way more success than the Yankees, playoff-wise at least. But 
I but what I that. but what I want to say is, you pay all these players to hit home runs, and they just they tried to out analytic the Tampa Bay Rays by doing this, and they burned two pitchers in one night, where Garcia easily could have went five or six innings, and then they could have used Britton Chapman. That's it. Instead, the, how many pitchers did they have to use in game two? Because Hap didn't pitch well because he was uncomfortable. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm not even going to blame Boone. Yes, I don't think Aaron Boone is a good manager, but that decision came from upstairs. Mm -hmm. That was not an Aaron Boone decision. That was pre-planned where it was, we're going to start Debbie Garcia. They're going to start an all-lefty lineup. And then we'll try and trick the best analytic franchise in baseball into flipping their lineup over to all right-handed hitters. How how could you – who thought of that? Was that Randy Levine who thought of that? Because he should be fired and put on his ass immediately. Because I honestly think that that cost them the series. I think that game two cost them the series because they had a chance. Stan was excellent in game two. Stan was excellent in game two. And they wasted. Listen, big power pitchers, big power hitters. How many runs did they score in game two? Five runs? I think it was five runs, right? That should be more than enough runs to win you a baseball game with that payroll and that kind of power pitching. I don't want to hear any excuses. I don't want to hear any excuses. I think the Yankees botched this series. I think upper management botched this series. And I think they're going to take it on Aaron Boone. And to be honest with you, like I said, I don't think Aaron Boone's a good manager, but I don't think that he deserves that. He's just, he is an analytic puppet. I don't think he deserves that. He's been signed for years ago. Fair points. Everything I agree with you. They shouldn't have tried out analytic a team that's based on analytics, especially when they pay their players millions of dollars a year to play baseball. That's what they should have just done. Hundred percent agree with you on that one. Um, I'm also confused as to why Mike Ford pinch hit for Kyle Yashioka in that last game. Made no sense. I don't even have to explain it because then you got a liability a catcher with Gary Sanchez, and then you got someone who's at the plate that can't even hit. I think we've come to like. Playing well. Yeah. I think the Gary Sanchez experience is over for New York. Yeah, that's another thing. But regardless, that's a, that's, that's something for another day. Shout out Ray, shout out the Rays. I hate the Rays because of you know I rivalry yeah, kind of yeah, they it's, want it's, so a, bad. it's a kind of yeah, it's a rivalry they to be really honest with you. To be a rivalry. No, you know what? Now after this defeat, the Yankees have to respect the Rays as their number one rival in the AL East. For sure. For sure. They have to. You have to put some respect on the Rays name after that. I fucking hate them now. <laughs> but uh, no, be that as it may, I hate them too. But I put, I look at them in a whole nother light now. They're they're better than the Yankees. Let's just put it out there. They are a better team than the New York Yankees. And I'll stick by that statement. You could argue as much as you want. The Tampa Bay Rays, with their minuscule payroll and their, you know, bullshit ass act uh, antics and stuff like that, they are a better team than the New York Yankees. Yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow, but I'll swallow it. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You really nailed it on the head with the analytics because that's what they lost the game that wasn't there. That was why they lost the series. They didn't deserve to win after that. Nope. They nope. should have just played like they played in game one and hit the fucking yep. baseball. There you go. Because even Cole, I think, gave up three runs that game. Like they scored nine. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Yeah. Like how many runs did they the score was two one in game five? If they had scored nine, it would have been nine, nine, two. You know, your second best pitching prospect. You don't trust him. He's always 21 years old automatically he's not going to pitch well. I don't. I also don't think it's Boone's fault, but I don't think Boone's a good manager. So yeah. I don't think he'll get fired. No, I said that too. I, I, I think they're going to take it out on him this year. I don't think he gets fired though. Quickly, right, I just want to say championship series. Oh, yeah, the predictions. Um, 
I had either the, I'm just going to stick. I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to stick with what I had for the world series prediction. I either had the Yankees slash the Rays against the Dodgers. And that's what I'm sticking with. I'm sticking with Rays versus Dodgers. Um, I'm actually going against you on the AL side. I think Houston goes and I think the Dodgers play. If you want to make world series predictions, I am going to say the Dodgers win the world series. I'm going to say the Rays win the world series. They're going to ride the high all the way from beating the Yankees to win the world series. I don't even think they get past the Astros, but. It'll be interesting to see as we're recording the scores once they can win it too. Yeah, we both will. So we'll see. At least we have different opinions in the AL, so we can see who was right and who was wrong. But the yeah, that series actually starts tonight. The NLCS starts tomorrow, which is when this episode will be released. Mm -hmm. Check that out. Uh, I don't think Fox needs any promotion. (laughs) Um, What else was I gonna say? Um, oh, the NBA. Oh, I'll forget that later. I'm all over the place. But yeah, uh, fuck the Yankees, and I'm over it. I I've. It's not looking too bright. And let's couple. No, let's just shut up for a second. Let's keep rambling. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Quick shout out. You know, this last this last week we lost uh, two legends of baseball for sure. Um, Both Hall of Famers: Whitey Ford from the Yankees side, Bob Gibson from the St. Louis Cardinals side. Um, Great, great pitchers. Uh, Whitey Ford, who had a career. My dad actually shout out. Dad Drasani is just ridiculous on the stats. Uh, he informed me the other day that Whitey Ford's career record was 236 and 103, which is crazy. That is That's a crazy record. Um, Bob Gibson, you know, ERA King. We had a 112 ERA. We'll never see that ever again from a starting pitcher, um, you know, in one season. Obviously, that's not his career ERA. That would be insane. But <laughs> 112 in one season, I think he went like 34 and three that year. He was just ridiculous. Like Bob Gibson was a fantastic pitcher. He was nasty on the mound. He would let you know. It's just such a different era of, of baseball. And we'll never see stats like that ever again. And we'll never see pitchers like that again. And I think it's it's important that we say, you know, shout out Whitey Ford, shout out Bob Gibson. Uh, two legends of the game for sure. Yeah, I'm thankfully you told me to shut up because this uh, kind of deserves a nice little a uh, moment of silence, uh, rest in peace to two legends. It's just sad that this year has been so brutal. I mean, in all, at, in every asset, like I've been trying to stay positive for so long <laughs> and it's like every turn you make yeah. in this year, it's worse and worse. I mean, two legends of this game. So yeah, in the same week in the same and week we, and, and, dude, I, I, and we've had two other legends pass away yeah. in baseball this year too. And, um, yeah. Lou Brock and, and, and. Lou. And there's another K-line one too. Line too. Al- yeah, yeah, my God. So Lou, yeah. Tom Seaver. That's like it's just Seaver. that's something. I feel like every week we're doing shout outs. Like it's just so sad. But Rest I mean that is yeah. true. Yeah, I do. That is a fact. We do this is we I didn't even realize that like the, third, the, third, the third time in the last like four episodes that we've done a shout out. And it's just baseball, too. Um, but getting back to the original point, um, um obviously they were older, so two legends. Um, we'll never see guys like that ever again. The chairman of the board. Whitey Ford and um, Bob Gibson, you know, great, great pitchers. So rest in peace to them. They were, you know, inspirations to so many people. So um, uh, speaking of inspirations, actually, uh, great segue, if I do say so myself, to the uh, the next part. We have a goaded segment this I week. I think this is the future president of the United States. And listen, <laughs> this guy, I'm not even going to touch on that. Um, this guy, <laughs> if you're on his good side, he's an angel. I love I love Mark Cuban. Like I think Mark White. Cuban, in a way, <laughs> Mark Cuban is is a great first of all, a great businessman, and just an overall, I think he's a great person, to some degree. 
and you know what he's done for Delonte West. Oh, last couple of weeks, I really think he deserves a shout out here. Yeah, um, shout out Mark Cuban for this. Uh, he dropped the beautiful tweet this week. If you haven't seen it, it was like Delonte West on a horse riding with I don't mm-hmm. know, yes, I don't even know who that guy was. It was someone random, yeah. And he wrote something really nice. I'm gonna pull it up right here. Um, so basically, while while Matthew pulls it yeah. up, basically the backstory is Delonte West has been struggling. He was a I wouldn't say that he was a star in the NBA, but he was a well known name in the NBA for for quite a long time. Oh, and and, most I hate being controversial, but he's really known for he's the day LeBron James' mother. Like that's, yeah, that's I mean he he was well known as a player, but yeah, no, he was a great ball player. But that's basically what he is known for. Yes, that is true. Um, <laughs> but. You know, he there fell on hard times. Viral videos going on the line of him yeah. being like homeless. He was homeless in Houston, you know, drug drug problems, all that kind of stuff. It was just really sad. And Mark Cuban decided to do something about it. He re he reunited Delonte West with his mother. They sat down. They had, um, God, what interventions. Couldn't think of the word. Interventions for him. They tried to get him on the right track. Mark Cuban is paying for his, um, his rehab he's starting to get on the right track. He's starting to get his life back together. It's, it's a great thing to see Matt. What was that tweet that you wanted to say? Yeah, I pulled it up. He, he posted a picture of Delonte West with another man. I'm not sure who it is on two horses, just, I guess, hanging out, having fun. And he said, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Delonte West a long, long, long way to go, but he has taken the first steps and shared these photos with all, all of us. Thank you for the love and support. So, uh, I mean, if you've definitely seen them, if you're a fan of basketball, he was like kind of like on drugs in the middle of the street. Like it was just very a sad sight to see. And yes. like you never want to see any man go down that route. So we haven't really heard much news from him. I'd say in a really long time before this. Yeah. So I'm very happy. And like Mark Cuban's such a great man for this. I mean, the fact that we need more people like this, like literally uh, the fact that he's willing to put so much people that could afford to do shit like this should do it way more often and he's mm-hmm. setting a huge precedent like Delonte West it's so sad to even talk about this I'm literally at a loss for words and I'm being as natural as possible because the fact that this dude had a really spiral down he was a top player in the league and then he kind of lost it all and now he's trying to slowly get it all back is yeah. something so admirable so I really, really, really respect Mark Cuban for it. This is what I love, Peter. No politics, no bullshit. Like, this is no race, nothing. This is straight. This is what America should be. You know what I'm saying? This is what, yes. There was I, no I race involved. There was no political shit that's going on in the background. There was no um, uh, pandemics, nothing. It was just yeah. people uniting. Everyone could come together in this and literally agree, like, this is the right thing. and. Those are beautiful. I'm all seriousness. Those are beautiful words, Matthew. I appreciate you saying that. Um, Thank you. You don't see that shit anymore. No, you don't. Um, And, you know, it, and I hate the people that will try and make something negative about this. And they'll say, oh, well, there's, you know, why is it just Delonte West? There's hundreds of thousands of people. You know what? It starts with one people. And if it starts with Delonte West, so be it. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it, no, it's right. so people annoying that people. Like, uh, yeah. Why is this only? Oh, him? if he's just helping one, he he's could help just thousands. Like everyone else, though, like that's another thing. I too. get that other people are going through shit, yeah. but this, you don't discredit what this man's been through. We don't even no. know what Delonte no. West has been through. Exactly, like, those two and videos don't even do justice, probably. Yeah, and you know what? It. Sh- I just want to say shout out Mark Cuban. I always think I always thought that he was a great man and great businessman, all that kind of stuff. But this is just something he's doing out of the goodness of his own heart. And, you know, he's not looking for anything out of this. He just literally wants to help someone that fell in such hard times. And that's, 
very admirable of him and someone for such a high, you know what, like you wouldn't think of someone like Mark Cuban doing that. Cause as you said, um, Rich. you know, some, you know someone of his stature, that's also the stereotype that people like that don't help people like Delonte West. And it's really nice to see him go out of his way and help someone like that. So I just wanted to shout Mark Cuban out for um, being a human in, in a year and in a world where it seems like a lot of people aren't really human. Great way to close. I'm, I, we should, we'll move on after that. I mean, just the most humane thing I've seen in a while, and it's kind of scary that I'm saying that, but shout yeah. out again, Mark Cuban and Delonte West. Yes. Uh, speaking of basketball, um, we'll just talk real quick. because. Yeah, you know, I, I actually, after I wrote this little, um, little topic, I kind of wanted to abandon it, to be yeah. honest with you. I just kind of wanted to talk about basketball how it is right now because the more i thought about it what's the score i don't, I don't see 93 to 69 in the fourth quarter and yeah lakers so it, it, as, as we're talking right now it looks to be the lakers are going to win the nba bubble championship so uh shout out them shout out lebron originally what i was going to say only because the heat have scared the lakers lately yeah what i was going to say was if they do wind up losing the series it's going to be a great great defeat on lebron james's legacy and it might tarnish his playoff legacy but obviously we can abandon that now because yeah, i would have said the same thing too but yeah let's yeah. Forget it. um but i mean to play into it if they did lose that would have been detrimental i said that in the barbershop the other day i was like yeah <laughs> i was like if lebron loses a 3-1 series that one that, that would he won been, from yeah. 3-1 would completely yeah. discredit it yeah that would have been it you know but, seven finals losses set you know what i mean that would have been like that would have been it for his playoff legacy. We would have been hearing about that for millions of millions of years. But um, yeah, as you said, right now with 93 to 69. So it looks like the Lakers are going to win uh, an NBA championship, championship with LeBron, which is really cool. What um, more, what more, what I'm trying to put into words, what a better moment for that. And them as a franchise with all this thing they've been through with Kobe Bryant this year. Yeah. Um, the bubble, the virus, just, I mean, it's kind of a staple for Los Angeles. So I'm actually happy that they won uh, all the bullshit yeah. aside. I mean, LeBron did deserve it. So me too. I am. I am actually, I'm not a LeBron Stan, but I'm a LeBron fan. Mm-hmm. So I do like LeBron and I think it's great that he brought, you know, Andrew, a- Andrew, Anthony Davis as well. They both brought this title to LA. I think that's great. And especially in the year that Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, uh, unceremoniously passed. Um, you know, it's, it's just great for them. It's great for the Lakers, everything like that. So shout out them. That's, that's really awesome. Um, from, from like a, like a human looking at it standpoint from a non-fan looking standpoint. Yes. I think it's cool. I agree. Um, yeah. Is that all we got about basketball? Uh, I don't really want to say anything else. That's, that's really it. I mean, same, it's just a quick update. That's business basically the last game. So we'll see when the season kicks off. They're talking about January, but we'll wait till that happens. So I don't really have much, but shout out LeBron, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, shout out the Lakers. I yeah. mean, shout out the Heat too, putting up an amazing fight. The yeah, only team absolutely. To bring Jimmy the Butler. Here yeah. in six games. Jimmy Butler uh, here, Duncan Robinson, of course. Yeah. Bam, all of them. So shout out basketball. And yeah. Um, I, got, I read this when you sent it to me at first, and I was like really actually excited for you to go on on this tangent. I'm um, not going on a tangent at all uh, about this. It's no, be but more- – more emotional than I know. I, I that I wrong choice of words. I think this is going to be like a nice little um, eulogy. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Okay, so I'll go through a little bit of of um, what's been going on. You know, the NHL. This is a big week for the NHL. The NHL draft was this um, was this week. Alexis Lanfrenier 
uh, the number prospect of number one overall pick. The Rangers did pick him. Yes. Um, all that kind of stuff. The, a lot of big free agents. I can't even keep up with everything that's going on. A lot of big turnover. Braden Holpe, Washington Capitals goalie, is going to Vancouver. Robin Leonard resigned in you know Vegas. It's just a crazy. Paul Stastny got traded from Vegas back to Winnipeg. Like it's just a bunch of crazy stuff going on. Brent, um, Brandon Saad got traded back from Colum- um, from Chicago to I don't even know where. I just couldn't keep up. But there was one Matthew. There was one that stuck with me. I know. So hit different. Yeah. Absolutely hit different. Mr. Henrik Lundqvist, the king, officially ended. The Rangers and, and Lundqvist re, um, came to a buyout agreement, and he ended his tenure at, you know, with the Rangers. I was hoping that he would retire only because the diehard Ranger fan in me would never want to see and play for another team. him play for another team. And it, it's almost like you don't know who this is, but maybe for the older fans that are listening – um, Eddie Jockman, when the Rangers traded Eddie Jockman to the um, Detroit lot, Detroit Lions, <laughs> Detroit Red Wing, Red Rings. I, this is this guy has got me all screwed up right now. Talking about Henrik Lundqvist has got me all screwed up. But the Detroit Red Wings got Eddie Jockman, and the Rangers actually played Eddie Jockman the next night after they traded him. So my dad watching when this happened, and I think it was like the late seventies or whatever, told me that every Ranger fan in the garden was rooting for the Detroit Red Wings to win because mm-hmm. they just wanted to see Eddie Jockerman to win. Yeah. They didn't care if the Rangers lost. That's and I feel like that's going to be the pass. same thing. If we have, you know, he did reach an agreement with the Capitals on a one year, $1.5 million deal. Shout out to him. He got the bag for one year. That's nice. Um, Especially in hockey. That's a solid contract. Yeah, that's a solid contract. And, you know, it, it gives him a great opportunity to potentially win a cup. And that's the main thing. If, that's what I said. If he was going to sign with someone else, I'd want it to be with a contender, someone somewhere where he can win a cup possibly. And, you know, Washington's a great place for him to, to end up. And honestly, every time that the Capitals play the Rangers this year, I'll be rooting for the Capitals. I'm just going to flat out say it because I cannot, I'll never root. The only time I'll ever root against the Capitals, is if it's game seven of the Eastern conference finals and the Rangers are playing the Capitals and Henrik Lundqvist is in net. That's the only time I'll ever root against Henrik Lundqvist, but I don't see that happening on the Rangers side. But um, Hank means a lot. Hank was will always be my favorite. I met player. him in the city one time. I and I want to I want to smack you in the face for saying that because I've never met him. So that makes me incredibly envious of you. I was just walking down the street one time and I just saw him and my I didn't even recognize him. My one of my older roommates was like Lundqvist, and he just like turned around, mad tall, luscious beard. Yeah, he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. It's such a power trip because, like, he just looked like so much better than me in life. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I I don't watch. Obviously, I mean, I'm a hockey guy, not as much as you are. I mean, I'm not a hockey guy, not as much as you are. But Lundqvist is pretty like that was sad for me because like that's like one of the few dudes who I really knew. And when I was watching hockey in like 2012, when the Rangers were going to the conference finals. He was such a beast. I mean, is it called clean sh- and Marion Gabbert? <laughs> Wait, are they called clean sheets in hockey? That's no, a shutout. Shutout. Yeah, he had yeah. a bunch of those. <laughs> but like, I miss. I really. He was such an electric goalie, and he meant yeah. so much for the city. I mean, the yeah. mask when you saw him put it on. I mean, it's, it's just New York was Man. all over. I'm surprised he left yeah. honestly, but yeah. Shout out him. He deserves it. So yeah, just, just a quick, you know, for anyone who gives a crap, but I'm, even if you don't, I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, you know what he means to me, like I said, he's, he, 
he has and always will be my favorite, not only Ranger favorite hockey player. Uh, he was really the one. I mean, when I was younger, they drafted him in 2005. When I was younger and I wasn't as much into hockey, I probably got into hockey, I'd say around 2007, 2008 was when I really started like like actually paying attention. But every time before then, the only name I heard in my house was Lundqvist, this Lundqvist, that the king, the king. I'm like, who is this man? I'm like, mm. who is this guy that my dad keeps? Oh, what a save. Oh, the king. I'm like, who the, who the hell is this? The and then when I really started paying attention, I was like, wow, this man really is the king. And, you know, he'll always be, oh God, this was going to sound so fruity, but he will always be the king of New York in my heart for the New York Rangers. Yeah. Um, shout out. Yeah. And you know what? I'm, you know who I'm rooting for to win the cup this year besides for the Rangers. You already know it's the Washington Capitals. There would be nothing more from a hockey standpoint that I'd want to see more besides for the Rangers holding up the cup than Henrik Lundqvist. He wholeheartedly deserves it. And, um, you know, the Rangers were very classy. They never traded him. They were talking about trading him earlier this year. They didn't release him. You know, they bought him out at mutual consent. Mm -hmm. It was on his terms. They did the very classy thing. And, you know, he said, you know, he speaks extremely highly of the organization. Uh, we speak very highly of him. And I'll never not speak highly of Henrik Lundqvist, but just shout him out. Great, incredible New York Rangers career. And I, I hope he wins a cup. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Shout out Lundqvist and uh, best of luck to him. No, no hatred over here in Jamal Adams style. We love you over here. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right. Episode 23. The shit was about two hours. Okay? This is a this was a doozy of an episode. Yeah, doozy. I mean, absolute madness. Okay. Um, shout out. It everyone. feels like we had Chris on days ago. Yeah, literally. <laughs> shout out Chris McNeil. Okay, of course, everyone check him out. Um, let me just get the ad. We, wait, hold on. I'm not going to say anything until the end. I want you to take over this whole plug situation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Garber. Okay. <clears throat> All right, episode 23 was about two hours. Thank you all for being here with us for the entirety of it, if you still are. Listen to me. Let's give away something else, too, by the way. Uh, interject real quick. Whoever, just DM us, okay? If you stop thinking that you didn't win because no one DMs us, yeah. Just DM <laughs> us and say, did I win, right? Did I win in our DMs? And we will send you a $25 gift card of your choosing. So if you're still here with us, shout out you, and we will give you $25 for it. Just DM us so we know you're out there, Okay gladly give you $25 for sticking with us for this so much you should get paid for your uh services <laughs> shout out i'm going crazy over here shout out um chris mcneil though for real you can check him out at reflog underscore 18 r-e-f-l-o-g underscore 18 you could also check him out at the shack news yeah that's correct yeah at shack news uh and and big at big play reflog r-e-f-l-o-g okay um thank you guys for listening we are on episode 24 next I love it, Peter. I'm glad that we've been this far. It's it's about 23 or 24 weeks that we've been together. Uh, we're almost, we're coming up on Halloween. We got some spooky episodes coming soon because Peter and Jersani's birthday is coming up real soon. Okay. I wanted to plug, plug that. Um, I think next week, yo. Yeah. Next Sunday. So next week we got a birthday bash for Peter. i excited for that. Please follow us on Instagram at TTL Sports WW at Twitter at Take This L Sport 1 and YouTube at Take This L Sports. Shout out to Lakers for winning the finals. Shout out Peter and It's very special birthday bash episode next week. And I'll let you do the good pal. <laughs> I actually said that really well. That was, that was pretty good. Shout Hold out. off the tongue. Yeah. Shout out Matthew Garber for that. Uh, he's, he's just an incredible man. And 
Yes. I love looking at him. I know you guys can't see him, but I'm staring right into his eyes right now. And he's an absolutely fantastic human being. First rate, first rate human being. Oh, and we got, you're also an amazing human being. And we got a special surprise guest next week for next week's episode. Okay. An actor. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, this is news that I'm here. I don't even know who the hell he's talking about right now. So yes, you he, do. He's gonna tell me off camera. I literally, even if you did tell me, I completely Bro, forgot. You, right you're now, you're thinking too deep right now. He's an uh, actor. His name rhymes with Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is correct. We are gonna have a special, a special guest um, on the show next week, uh, Bonnie. That's all the word we're going to give out. That's not even his name, but that is absolutely fantastic. I forgot about that. But listen up, everyone. Shut up for a second and listen up. Right here, looking at me right now, his name is Matthew Garber. He's a fantastic human being and a great co-host. Me right now, looking at myself in the mirror here, I am Peter Andrusani. And until next time, episode 24, my birthday. Grr, pow.